0: Welcome back to Midnight Movie Theater. Tonight we're on our way to New Orleans. We're headed south with Lucio Fulci to watch his classic gothic horror, The Beyond. This movie is about a woman who inherits a hotel in rural Louisiana. The hotel has a rocky past, though, and might be a doorway to hell. I remember my brother having a copy of this movie, but it was under its alternate title, Seven Doors of Death. I watched it with him once when I was really young, and I mostly remember seeing some wild shit. I don't know if it will make any more sense all these years later, but there's only one way to find out. This movie is the second film in Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy, the first being City of the Living Dead, and the third is The House by the Cemetery. From what I've read, there's no particular order that you have to watch these in, they're all just similar themes. If you're watching a Lucio Fulci movie, you know you're going to see some crazy shit. The effects are going to be practical and nasty. Someone's definitely losing an eye or two. That's why he's known as one of the godfathers of gore. If you haven't seen the beyond, it's free on Tubi. This is your last chance. You better go watch it now, because we're about to get into... SPOILERS, MOTHERFUCKER! Right away it's 1927 and we're in Louisiana. The movie is starting out in sepia tone, which for any of you that were MySpace friends with me, you know I love me some sepia tone. There's some dudes on a boat. They're all looking like they're about to fuck some shit up. Why else would you be on a boat with torches? They're heading to the hotel. Inside is a man working on a painting. We keep getting cuts of this book called Ibon. Sounds like this is probably some sort of spell book. The dudes rush into the hotel, armed and dangerous. They bust into room 36 and corner the painter. They call him a warlock and smack the living shit out of his cheek with a chain. That cheek busts wide open and starts spraying some really nasty shit. They keep whipping him with the chain and he is all busted up. The sepia tone kind of makes it look like he's leaking tea. I know how much they love tea in New Orleans, but there has to be a better way to get that delicious brown drink than this. Let the man finish his painting. They grab the poor bastard and crucify him against a stone wall. He's nailed up to the wall and I'm sure he's thinking, well, this can't get much worse. But guess what? It does. They start throwing bowls and bowls of acid on his face and body. Now he's melting. I wonder if they had all that acid on those boats. That seems like the worst way to bring over multiple bowls of acid. We see a woman reading the book of Ibon, and then a bunch of flames shoot up from the book, and we get the opening credits. Hell yeah, that will kick ass. I'm really liking the music in this movie as well. We're jumping ahead to 1981, Louisiana. Liza is talking to a man about how she inherited the hotel. There are a couple of dudes outside giving the place a fresh coat of paint. They're up on some scaffolding, and one of the painters sees some white eyes staring at him through the window. This scares the absolute shit out of him. He jumps backwards off of the scaffolding and lands right on his back. Blood is instantly shooting out of his mouth. I hope this motherfucker has health insurance. They bring him inside and put him on the couch. He's bleeding pretty bad and just keeps repeating, The eyes! I'm no doctor, but I don't think you're supposed to drag some dude onto a couch after he fell about 20 feet and started instantly spitting up blood. He's pretty fucked up, but luckily a doctor shows up to the hotel. The doc is really peeking at his eyelids and then decides, this guy needs to go to the hospital. Oh, no shit. Figured he was fine with all that blood coming out of his head and mouth. The doctor tells Liza to get a hold of him at the hospital. His name is John McCabe. They just grab his unconscious body and chuck him into the doc's car. The dude Liza was talking to tells her to check out this painting. It's the one we saw the warlock working on at the beginning of the movie, before he was turned into Mel. After they look at it, the buzzer for room 36 starts going off. We're introduced to Joe the plumber. Liza shows Joe the basement. It's been flooded and looks pretty goddamn nasty down there. Liza tells Joe to watch his step. The stairs are slippery. He replies with, I'm a sewer rat. I'm not sure what the hell that's supposed to mean. We meet another character named Martha in the basement. She comes walking up to the two from who knows where, holding a candle. Liza seems kind of surprised to see her. Martha is looking pretty rough. She tells them that she made a path just for Joe. Joe and Martha stare at each other, and then he heads off. The two women head upstairs while Joe gets to work. He starts chiseling away at a bricked-up wall. He makes his way through, and we see some spooky-looking symbols on the wall. Liza is upstairs, and she catches Arthur in her room. She seems kind of pissed off about this. Arthur is sweating his ass off for some reason. He says he was looking for keys because some of the rooms are locked. He asks if Joe is there yet. Speaking of Joe, he's checking out a wall that is melting right before his eyes. It looks really cool. The wall is basically dripping and oozing away. I could not have guessed what was about to happen next. A crusty-ass hand shoots out of the wall and grabs Joe's face. The fingers immediately go into his eyes and push his eyes out of his head. Talk about a bad day at the office. Liza is driving across a long, empty bridge. It's pretty wild just seeing her car on this long strip. She sees a woman standing in the middle of the road holding on to a German Shepherd. Liza slams on the brakes right in front of the woman and gets out. She probably should have just swerved around her and kept going. The woman immediately knows who Liza is and introduces herself as Emily. Emily says she's been looking for her. All this time, Emily has some crazy-ass white eyes because she's a blind lady with a big German Shepherd guide dog. I can't imagine standing in the middle of a bridge is the best way to find who you're looking for. Maybe she needs a better seeing-eye dog. Man, Liza has already had a pretty fucked-up day. I have a feeling it's just going to keep getting worse. Martha is walking through the foot-deep water in the basement looking for Joe. We cut to Emily's house. She brought Liza back to her house. Emily explains that she's memorized her way back home as well as getting help from her dog, Dickie. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing they drove. Is Dickie giving them directions? Martha discovers Joe's fucked up face. He is all scratched up and some thick goop is draining out of his mouth. We also hear some gagging noises. It's real gross. She also sees a corpse float up to the surface. This must be the dude from the opening. Looks like he's in pretty rough shape. With all this going on, Martha doesn't look surprised at all. I would have pissed if I saw Joe like that. Obviously someone or something is down there that fucked him up that bad. But either she knows what's going on or she's a major fucking hard ass and is ready to take on any kind of crazy bullshit that's going on down there. Meanwhile, Emily is warning Liza that she should drop all the hotel nonsense and go back to where she came from. She can't go into detail, but that's the best bet. Cut to the autopsy room. They're already stitching up Plumber Joe. That was quick. I'm assuming it's the same day. Some other doctor comes in and they talk about how the other corpse is in great shape for being 60 years old. Dr. McCabe is heading out for some coffee, so the other guys like... Hey, I'm going to hook up this dead-ass corpse-to-my-brain machine, just for shits and giggles. Then he gets called into another room, and we get to see that the 60-year-old body is beginning to show signs of life. It's either a heartbeat or brain activity. Plumber Joe's wife and daughter show up. The wife heads into the autopsy room, and the girl waits outside. There's no staff in the room. She's just in there alone with, like, six dead bodies. She pulls out some big pieces of cloth and just starts cutting them up with scissors. I'm not sure if I'm reading this right, but it appears that she has put together an entire suit on the spot. She fashioned clothes for Joe at the morgue in what seems to be no time at all. That is completely bonkers. She turns around and starts screaming her ass off. I'm not quite sure what makes her scream like this. We just see a big glass jar of clear liquid start shaking. The daughter hears all the screaming and runs in to check it out. She's pretty freaked out about seeing her dead dad and the other melted body next to him. She looks over and her mom is just lying on the ground underneath this jar of liquid. It tips over and starts pouring onto her face. The girl is in shock. She watches her mom's face turn into a wax melt. This goes on for quite a while. She probably could have pushed the jar away and maybe her mom would have walked away with some minor burns, but we see the full jar stream on her face and it just keeps getting worse. Eventually, shit starts to bubble and shoot out from her. A bloody foamy mess starts pouring across the floor towards the poor girl. She is trying to get out of there but can't get any of the doors open until one door opens and a body falls towards her. All the effects have looked really great. It's clearly pretty low budget, but the work is amazing. We cut to Liza at a jazz bar with John McCabe. She explains how she used to live in New York and she's kind of down on her luck. She's complaining about Arthur and Martha and he suggests firing them. Liza says that they came with the hotel. I'm not exactly sure what this means. Seems that the hotel hasn't been open for a long fucking time. What have they been doing in the meantime? John gets a call from the hospital. We're at a graveside service for Joe and his wife. Emily, Liza, and Joe's daughter are all there. It's revealed that Joe's daughter has the same white eyes as Emily now. We're over at the hotel. It's nighttime and Emily is waiting in a dark room for Liza. She asks her why she didn't listen to her. Now she must tell her everything. That probably would have been the thing to do right off the bat. There's a quick POV shot heading into room 36. Then Emily goes on about how 60 years ago, everyone in the hotel disappeared. A painter named Schweik found a key to the seven doorways of hell. She's interrupted by a presence in the hotel. She starts freaking out. Liza seems way too calm about this. She's just like, nah, none of that shit really happened. I'm from New York and ghosts aren't real. Emily is touching the painting and her hands start bleeding. She warns Liza to never go into room 36. After the bloody hand stuff, she starts screaming and runs out of the hotel. Liza takes a second to think about something that seemed off with Emily. Her footsteps were completely silent as she ran out of the hotel. I don't know how Liza would be staying in this creepy ass hotel after hearing all that. It's the next day and Liza decides she'll start the day off by not listening to Emily again. She's really committed to fucking around. So she busts into room 36 and immediately finds the book of i a door behind her starts to creak open. It's an open wardrobe. I'm not for sure, but it almost feels like whatever supernatural shit is going on at the hotel already has a hold of Eliza. She leaves the wardrobe alone and heads for the bathroom. She pops open the door and is greeted with Schweik. He is crucified against the wall in the shower. As soon as she sees this, a lightning storm kicks up in the bathroom to go along with it. She freaks and runs the fuck out of there. There's more lightning in the house, and she sees someone coming to the door. It's only Dr. John. He comforts her and opens up some curtains. He's looking at her like, you're crazy as hell. Then he kicks open the bathroom door, and Schweik's body is gone, although the nails that had his hands pinned to the wall are still there. Now he's really like, damn, bitch, you crazy. Liza tells Dr. John about Emily. John is all like, I know everyone in New Orleans. There's no blind girl named Emily... Liza and her remodel guy, Martin, are walking around town. Liza spies the book of Ibon through a bookstore window. When she goes in to check on it, it's a different book. The bookstore owner is inside, laughing his ass off. Oh, good. We're back in this crusty-ass basement. Arthur brings in a bucket of goop to fill in the big hole in the wall. Meanwhile, Martin is meeting up with a guy to find the original building plans for the hotel. The dude is like, "'That's where the book is. I'm going to lunch, motherfucker.'" Also, I'll lock the door. Good luck climbing up this big-ass ladder by yourself in a locked room. Hope you're not in the Lucio Fulci movie or anything. Martin sees the Seven Doors hotel book and starts reading it on the ladder. That's a mistake, because here comes some lightning. The lightning makes him jump off the ladder backwards. He hits the ground hard as fuck. If that wasn't bad enough, here comes some tarantulas. Well, there's like two or three tarantulas and a bunch of other... Fake tarantulas on sticks. I'm not exactly sure what kind of noises tarantulas are supposed to make, but these particular breed are snorting and squealing like pigs. There's also a ton of crunching noises in the background. It's very weird. These hairy little fuckers come on over to Martin's face and start chowing the fuck down. They must be hungry as hell, cause they're eating his lips and cheeks and eyes, and then they go for the tongue. Some of that goopy pudding stuff starts dripping out and we pan over to see the floor plan slowly disappear from the book he was looking at. Dr. John decides to visit Emily's house. He has to be sure he knows everyone in town or something. The door is boarded up, so he uses some garden shears to bust in. Dr. John is willing to do a B&E just to make sure there isn't a single person around that he hasn't met. When he gets inside, the place is all run down. There's cobwebs and shit everywhere. He's got to be thinking that Liza is nuts at this point. He finds the Book of Ibon and starts reading through it. He gets to the part about the seven gateways to hell and hopefully stops there. Back at the hotel, Martha is in room 36. She's starting to dust the place up a little bit. She finds a bathtub full of the nastiest looking black water you can imagine. It's like there's a swamp inside the bath. There's only one reason I can think of why someone would have bathwater that looks like that. This is all hypothetical, and it never happened to me or anyone I know. But let's say someone was really backed up. They can't poop, and they're just having the worst time you can imagine. They've tried everything you can think of to fix it. Anything you're going to suggest or imagine, the answer is yes. They even tried putting their thumb in their mouth and blowing on it like their Bugs Bunny, and that's going to get the shit out. So hypothetically... They try the water birth option, but in this case, of course, they're doing a number two. And it works great. They're super relieved about this, but the bathwater is horrible and dark. Besides the relief, they're left in a shallow pool of shame. That's what this reminds me of. And Martha just reaches her whole arm in there like a fucking G and pulls out a big old clump of something. The water starts to drain and slowly we see that fucker Plumber Joe rise up out of the bath martha is pretty fucked up about this joe starts doing the mandible claw on her maybe that's what happened to joe maybe he had to shit in the bath and he was so embarrassed that he drowned himself in the bath as a zombie remember those big nails sticking out of the wall from earlier the ones that had schweik pinned to the wall well plumber joe slams her head into one of those big fuckers and it goes through the back of her head and pops her damn eye out we get a quick shot of Dr. John checking out Schweik's body at the morgue. He sees the nail wounds in Schweik's wrist and a marking that matches the one in the Book of Ibon. It says, The day the gates of hell are open, the dead will walk the earth, or something like that. Emily and Dickie are chilling at their ghost house in the dark. All of a sudden, the piano starts playing on its own, and they're both getting freaked out. Schweik's standing behind Emily. She starts feeling around the room trying to find out what's in there. Schweik is looking crustier and slimier than ever. She touches a ghost foot and we see that there are all the dead people surrounding her. She's begging him not to take her back. It seems that Emily is a lost soul of some sort. She yells for Dicky to attack and he starts biting the fuck out of Schweik. Then it gets really quiet and we zoom up on Emily. Dicky seems like he got them out of there. He calmly walks back over to Emily. He has some goopy goop on his head and ears. Emily's all like, good boy. Good boy, Dick. And then out of nowhere, he bites her throat out. He's fucking going nuts on Emily. He bites her ear off and it's some nasty, splattery mess. Dr. John is trying to call Liza, but she is down in the basement. She's trying to find Martha or Arthur. Arthur. She's walking across the makeshift bridge in the flooded basement when Arthur jumps out of the water and grabs her. He's either trying to pull himself out or drag her down in the water. She breaks free and runs upstairs. The room 36 bell starts ringing loud as shit. She runs into Dr. John and she's screaming her fucking balls off. John is immediately like, Stop that shit. I'm sick of hearing all these bullshit stories. Dr. John tells Liza he went to Emily's and it's abandoned. He thinks she left the book of Ibon there for him to read. They go down to the basement to find Arthur and he's not there. She's starting to think that she might be going crazy. He starts questioning who she really is. He's thinking she's lying about her identity because of the hotel being a gateway to hell. They don't have a chance to really flesh out this conversation because they're interrupted by an earthquake slash lightning storm that's happening in the basement. Blood is shooting out of the floor, and they stumble their way back upstairs. The whole house is starting to shake. We see the painting from earlier starting to ooze blood.
1: And you will face the sea of darkness. ...and all therein that may be explored."
0: They run out of John's car and peel the fuck out of there. We see lights starting to turn on in the hotel as they drive away. Silhouetted figures start moving around inside. Liza notices that as they're driving around, there's not another single soul in sight. They pull up to the morgue and run inside. There's no one at the hospital either. John is still telling Liza not to bother him with any mumbo jumbo bullshit. He needs a rational explanation, so he's going to call the FBI. They go to his office and he finds his revolver. Liza sees a bunch of blood on his desk. She freaks out and a bunch of zombies bust through the glass and grab her. He starts blasting. John is probably about two inches away from shooting Liza in the face, but luckily he gets the zombie. They run to the elevator, but it goes down before John can get on. He is point-blank shooting these zombies in the arms, the legs, and the body. For some reason, he hasn't figured out that the head is the way to go. He's being surrounded, but he locks himself in a nearby room. These zombies don't look like they could give much of a fuck. They're really shuffling around about as slow as you can imagine. is down in the morgue, and she hears someone crying. It's Plumber Joe's daughter. She doesn't know she has the creepy eyes, but we fucking do. Dr. Harris almost gets Joe with a knife, but he dodges it and lets him know he's not a zombie. He finally starts headshotting these bastards. I don't know how he has this many bullets, but who fucking cares? John shoots a glass door and all the glass flies into Harris's face. He's dead and I don't even know if John notices, (laughs) but he makes his way back to the elevator and finds Liza and Jill. They are on another floor, but this floor also has a shitload of zombies on it. John starts blasting the bodies, and this doesn't do shit. They're back in the morgue. They pop open another door, and Schweik's standing there. John hasn't tried shooting him in the head yet for some reason, just keeps hitting the body. What the fuck, John? He's just making more stinky black stuff fall out of him. Then Jill does a heel turn and grabs Liza's face. John is quick on the draw and blasts her. This is the part that I remember most from this movie. I couldn't even remember what movie this was from. I just knew it was some sort of a Lucio Fulci movie or something Italian. So all this time, John's probably fired off about 30 rounds or more. Every time, it just leaves a normal-sized hole in whatever he shoots. Well, for some reason, when he shoots Jill's head, her entire forehead explodes, her head rocks back and forth, and just a watermelon full of blood splashes out of her dome. It is fucking wild looking. I don't know if the ghost turned his ammunition into exploding bullets or something, but there's not really any other way to explain that. Liza and John try another door and head through it. John's gun is finally out of bullets, I guess. He throws it down. There are stairs on the other side of the door. They run down and quickly realize that they're back in the hotel basement. They head towards a hole in the wall with the same fog pouring out of it. I would be shitting my pants so fucking bad right about now. We see their faces as they walk through the door. When we get a back shot of them, we see that they're walking around in what looks like the painting from the beginning of the movie. This shot looks amazing. It's like a big dusty desert with a bunch of bodies crested into the ground. It's so good. They run towards the camera and we see that they have white eyes. We hear this quote again.
1: And you will face the sea of darkness and all therein that may be explored.
0: Damn. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't sure what to expect with rewatching this one. I couldn't remember much about it, but that kicked so much ass. There really wasn't much about this that I didn't like. There are still quite a few Fulci movies that I haven't seen, but as of right now, this one is my favorite. With that being said, I would give this four out of five bowls of acid, or four out of five diarrhea bass. I thought the music was great and had a lot of attention to detail. There's something I didn't mention earlier. When Dr. John gets split up from Liza at the morgue and they're surrounded by zombies, there is some really great music playing throughout that whole thing. And as soon as John runs into the room next to him, the music cuts out and it's just really effective. It changes from this overwhelming crowd of zombies to this blue-colored room by himself with no music. The effects in this movie look great. You can definitely tell they spent a lot of time working on getting realistic looking props, as well as shooting the gore scenes in a way that doesn't look cheap. I'm usually not into movies for the gore, but this one is really impressive and a lot of fun to watch. I thought the camera work was excellent and all the performances were good. If you've watched enough foreign movies, you kind of get used to the dubbing as long as it's not horrible. This movie makes me want to give Zombie a rewatch. I know I'm going to want to redo all of my earlier episodes anyway, because the mic I was using sounded like doo-doo. Well, that's going to do it for me. Please follow me on Spotify, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, rate and review this show, as well as share it with your friends. As always, thanks for listening to Midnight Movie Theater. Until next time. (laughs)